The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Okay, so I think I'm recording this part separately and then putting it both in the tefillah category and in the wrong Bacchus category because I don't know where it goes. So on Tuesday, I had a tefillah cheer and I introduced a possible approach to Re'eva on Yenu. Did you get that far? I don't think so. Okay. So it was a, so Ivan, you know, uh, same shot until we overturn everything this week is that it's about personal suffering. Um, and uh, because it's not about Goel Yisrael in the sense of Gula Hasida, because that's Kibbutz Galius and all the other stuff. So you're asking God to see your suffering. And so the, the, um, the, the, the light bulb moment was like that in order for you to heal from your own suffering, you have to see it and accept it. And I found myself when I was saying the tefillah, realizing, oh, if you're asking God to see your suffering, whatever that means, like obviously that that's a whole another like can of worms, uh, but uh, whatever it means, you obviously have to be able to confront and feel and experience your own suffering if you ever want to be redeemed from that. <laughs> I don't see how it's possible otherwise, you know? So like that opened up an avenue of thought and like you could listen to that share if you're interested in that. So then today I was davening and I was at Salah Lanu and it hit me like a, a sack of sand in the head <laughs> that we've been talking about Hilda's day of and the Halacha Bidrachav about like how the only reason God is described as having these meetings, well, not the only reason, the main reason why God is described in human terms is so that you can emulate him in terms of the myth of the Halakha Bidraka. And like the one who the Hargaha relates to is the one who's practicing all those meetups, you know? So I was at the Slach Lano and I had had this thought, but I had had it in a cheesy way. And, and remember when we were talking earlier in the year about like, um, Oh, I forgot. We're not going to refer back to that. Um, but I had this in a TV way, and then I realized, like, how can you, whatever sleep on the Philomena, and I'm not going into that right now because that's the whole uh, young and rhyme. So, yeah, you know, which like the answer changes every year. But, um, but like, whatever sleep on the Philomena mean, on the one hand, there is this feeling that, like, we are not deserving of it, which is why we have to ask for it, like, as a Matan's Kingdom. But if you actually believe, if you actually believe that you're not worthy of it, so then why are you asking for it? Like the whole premise of you asking for it, the stream might not be worthy of it in Mias Hadin framework, but the whole reason why you're asking for it is because you do believe that it could be granted to you. And in the same way that, and then the Halakta Bedrakam hit me and like the idea of exercising Slicha and Mechila on other people in the sense, especially the way that the Raman ended off uh, Parakh Hamishi last week, when he was talking about the Tanakhacham should be, you know, a type of person who's insulted and doesn't insult back and like, like persecuted, but not persecute others. And like, you know, and be, be, he, people could be mockbeat on him, but he can't be mockbeat on them. Being willing to, to behave and live those Mizos of Karsh with other people. And you are another person. In other words, you are a person who, who should be like forgiven and pardoned and like the recipient and, and worthy of Rachamin, you know, and and something like what click 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 of the in order to actually ask God for slicha and mechila on yourself, then you have to have those feelings about yourself. That's the thing that I only previously registered as a cheesy statement, but I think it's actually a, a more real statement now. Meaning that you are a human being and like you make mistakes and you engage in hate and all this other stuff. And like if you truly believe that you're not worthy of 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 of, uh, of kapara, then like then might as well just go and like you know 
you know, like not go to Yom Kippur, <laughs> you know, like, like what's the, you know, the whole premise. And you have to be, you have to be practicing those same mitos for other people. And that's when the Hilosdale Tefillah like intersection blew up, which is how many of the other things that we say in Shimon Esrei are describing mitos that we really should be enacting with other people. Like, let's say like Shalom, you know, at the end, like it's very, very easy just to ask God for peace. But then if you are not Oif Shalom and Rodev Shalom, then what are you doing, you know? And if you aren't like striving to, attain peace in your own life then what do you like i don't know it's a one of these like scary thoughts when I, was, I ended up here i think saying that feel should be an extremely uh, painful experience uh and if it's not then you're not doing it right uh and I, I this was like an extremely painful realization of like how much uh how much work uh we need to do in order to align ourselves with uh with Ratan hashem in, in in the sense of getting the stuff we're asking for so that would be invite wait i just missed that that is in get the connection between us that last point oh um uh that um that is should be forcing growth and growth is painful right so this was one of these moments this realization i had of like how much of the onus of the halakta bidrakov is part of being this palo and how much work there needs to be done in order to rise to the level where God relates to me in the ways that I'm asking for in Tefillah. And that only happens when you are doing those things. Like, yeah, I'm not going to make absolute statements like it only happens yeah. when that, you know, but like, that's how it's going to happen. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, how can you expect, uh, how can you expect, if you're a, a petty person who is not willing to um, forgive human error, like, right. how can you expect God to forgive you. And I'm not asking it from a like, oh, God's going to like, don't be careful how you word the word same to the genie because he's not going to, you know, it's going to, you know, I mean, like, like you, if you really, if you really are not forgiving for other people and you expect forgiveness for yourself, it's got to be an immature idea of forgiveness because you're not actually realizing like the human tendency to make mistakes, you know, right. and how, what's the easiest way to do that? I mean, you could do it with other people, but like with yourself also, like you're the one who you know the best and like, I don't know, uh, something, something opened up. So this is just, I want to, since it happened this, this morning, I just wanted to like talk it out in its initial stages and then we'll see where it goes later on. But yeah, so I just, that's, that's that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, let's just stop the recording here. And, um, if you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Weiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schnee Weiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.